Hello world, we are Sarwa and Sofia. We are honored that you're embarking this journey with us. Coming to you from across continents in early Sunday mornings. We are here to talk to you about life, love, self-worth, relationships, hardships, motivation, career, creativity, and everything in between. So make yourself comfortable, grab a cup of tea or coffee, and enjoy your early birth talk. Hi everyone and welcome to uh, welcome to a new episode uh, of the Early Birds podcast and this time we will have the pleasure of hosting a unique, really unique lady here in Morocco that we were really looking forward to uh, having on the, the podcast and it will be, uh, she will be Aida Aslin. Aida Aslin, if you allow me i'd love to introduce you by the way and <laughs> can i do that yeah of course bismillah <laughs> i did some stalking actually <laughs> yeah i can see all the different tabs i'm like so, whoa <laughs> <laughs> so aida she figured on a list for the uh five young muslim entrepreneurs that will inspire you for 2019 and i'm happy to say that you're still an inspiration for us even in 2020 <laughs> inshallah for the rest of your life alhamdulillah so Aida is a writer and entrepreneur. She is a Singaporean graduate from Nanyang Technological University. She studied art, design, and media. Uh, she first started her entrepreneurship journey uh, working as a boss, I think, at the shawl label uh, that sold ethical shawls to serve women. Uh, right now, Aida is focusing on building a community, a global community around faith of women, around faith, and. That's what she calls the AA, so the Aida Aslin, uh, I think, company. Uh, the Aida Aslin business is an online community for sisters, made by sisters, and I'm quoting here, uh, that it serves 100, 160,000 global uh, sisters. That's really massive. Uh, the business focuses, I think that Aida starts by... Um, leading you to her club using her love letters every Tuesday and that's something that I think we will talk about later during the episode. So all in all, Aida's business focuses on your own growth and she is there to serve you and help you live the better life. I'm sorry if it took me so long to just introduce you but that's really some amazing job that you're doing here. So. MashaAllah. First of all, assalamu alaikum everyone. Thank you so much, Selwa and Safia, for kindly inviting me to your beautiful podcast. Um, second of all, I've never seen that article. <laughs> so I don't even know, like, it existed, subhanAllah. And um, yeah, thank you so much to that writer of that article for presenting me in a much better light than who I am. Um, SubhanAllah, I always squirm and get very uncomfortable when people like introduce me <laughs> because it's just, it's still very surreal. Um, yeah, but Alhamdulillah, so happy to be here. Thank you for joining us and for accepting the invitation. We are truly delighted oh, okay. and we count on making the best of each uh, minute of this show um, for our audience to get to know you a little bit more. Um, I myself uh, discovered you thanks to Sophia once more <laughs> um, 
and I particularly enjoy the love letters I get every Tuesday morning that I enjoy reading along with my breakfast. There's just another so early much. bird, you know, little quirky thing that I love doing. Mm. So thank you for that, especially. No problem. Thank you for spending your morning with me. <laughs> yeah. So I think that you, Aida, you had our uh, introduction. So I don't know if you want to add something or if there's something you want to add about yourself that we forgot, for instance, to just tell. Sure. I mean, like, I'm, I'm just imagining that we are a group of girlfriends meeting for the very first time. I do not want to present myself as an entrepreneur or anything like that because that is secondary. I would love you guys and also your listeners to know me as just a simple girl who is from Singapore and is currently having the pleasure of calling Morocco home. So I'm pretty sure most of your listeners are based in Morocco or are from Morocco. Um, and I've been able to call Morocco home because I married a Moroccan man. <laughs> and later on, we'll speak about that. But I think at the very core of it all, I'm still someone who loves life. I'm a seeker of knowledge. So I'm, I'm always trying to study about something or read up about something. And I'm, I'm just your simple girl next door. And I hope you know, through this episode, you can relate to me in one way or another. I don't think I'm anything special or anything like that. Me and you, we're, we're you know, we're, we're the same, I think. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. All right. No comments on that. <laughs> People will listen and judge by themselves uh, throughout this exactly. episode. Um, exactly. You write on your blog that you're a big believer of small and that is a sentence that made us very curious and would like to start from there to get to know you a little mm -hmm. bit better sure um so i'm a big believer of small in the literal sense and also you know not so much in the literal sense i'm a very small girl um being asian i am not even one five six centimeters i think and by moroccan standards you guys are like beautiful tall slender <laughs> ladies <laughs> every time i go to a moroccan wedding i'm like oh my god these heels are not enough i'm always gonna be that short asian girl wherever i go in morocco um, but i love my petiteness and i think that helps in making me look a little bit younger than i am um, but having said that i love the idea of small things being done consistently and having a great impact. So, like, let's say for a sign of, like, a, a romantic gesture, for example. Like, doing, like, this big, grand gesture going down on your one knee. That's a big thing, but I, I don't really care for that so much. I care for, like, the smile that you give to the waiter as you're paying your bill. Or, you know, um, kissing your mother's forehead before you leave the home. Like, I think that is the small things that people do every day that I really love. And I think for some of us, we, we wait so much for these big grand things to happen in life. And sometimes they do happen, but 
it doesn't happen every day. So what are you going to do as you wait for that to happen? You, you'll be like, oh, my life's boring. My life has nothing interesting. But when you train your eye and your mind and your heart to seek out the small, beautiful things in life, you'll constantly be inspired because there are a gazillion small things that happen in a day. So, um, yeah. Like for today... <laughs> Okay, I'll tell you something. So, my husband really wanted a banana milkshake. And the thing is, I'm we had no banana in the kitchen. That's very Moroccan, <laughs> by the way. I know. He was very <laughs> he was very specific. I want banana milkshake with a bit of dates. Um, and we had no date and we had no banana. So, he said like go over to mama's house and get some. So, I went to my mother-in-law's house, who is by the way my neighbor. My in-laws are my neighbor. And mama, she was saying like, oh my God, we also do not have banana. Let's just use avocado. So then I was like, okay, should I call Karim and say like, we don't have banana, like we only have avocado. And my mother-in-law said, shh, don't tell him nothing. Just give him to him, just give it to him as it is and he won't know any better. So there I'm like torn. Should I say the truth? But this is his mother. I should listen to his mother. So I look, I look to Baba and I'm like, Baba, what do you think? And Baba's like, I'm staying out of this. I'm not involved. <laughs> so we made the milkshake using avocado. And me and mama tried it. And it wasn't as sweet as mm -hmm. when you put banana in. So mama's like, you take two more dates and put it in. And inshallah, it will be sweet as like having banana. So we put two more dates and it tasted perfect. So I went home, did not tell Karim anything. And when he drank it, he's like, oh, this is delicious. Like, who made it? And I'm like, Mama and me, and he's like, this is really nice. And then at that split second, I was like, I should tell my husband the truth because he said it's nice anyways. So I was like, actually, there's no banana in it. There's just avocado. And he's like, oh, it's okay. Like, it's, it's delicious. That whole gesture of like teamwork of me, my mother-in-law, my father-in-law trying to make my, my husband and also their son happy was just something very simple in like, I don't know, in a housewife life, but it made me smile for a long time because I, I see love and I see care and I see a beautiful family in front of my eyes. And that's life right there. Like, alhamdulillah, my life is set. That's all it took me to to, to stay happy for a long time. Yeah. Here's yeah. to that. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> Yeah, can I just say that I love, um, the, for, for instance, in this moment, the detail that you are wearing a uh, red uh, top that is just like your red microphone. And I love that. And I'm thinking you did it on purpose. You probably did it on purpose. You must have done it on purpose. And I love yes. the attention. Yes. So thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, that's another small thing. Um, you know, yeah. Really amazing. Um, I, I think that there's one thing that you focus on on your love letters every Tuesday and that I learned from you, I think, for the last year, which is gratitude. You emphasize on this a lot, that you have to be grateful for what you have, for the little things, take time to enjoy your life and dwell on those little things. And I think that with time, we yeah. can get to what you are aiming at at the AA, which is... Uh, trying to live and trying to go uh, through this journey of 
self-betterment, which is a word I really love and I really like that it inspired me for my own blog. And I was like, this is so right. So it's a journey to self-betterment. So Inshallah. what do you think? What do you think about self-betterment? What are your ideas about it? And how one can live this life? What do I think of self-betterment? I also love that word. To be honest, like the, I'll, I'll share with you a story of how I come to know of that word self-betterment. When I was in my early 20s, I used to work for a men fashion label back in Singapore. It's an independent company, so a very small team and most of them are men. This was before hijab, before everything. And they sold like the best quality cotton t-shirt because contact Singapore is very hot. We have no seasons, it's summer all year round and we're always sweating. So their, their ethos or their motto of their company is on self-betterment. And that was the first time I've ever heard that word. And working in that company was really influential to me because they also had a very small team, which is also probably why like even building my business, I wanted my team to stay small, like a family. And um, so self-betterment, when I... When I heard about it, I, I wanted to give it my own definition. And I guess that word evolved as I grow as a person. And currently, that word self-betterment is to me what Islam is all about. Islam is a, a religion that encourages striving and that encourages daily, constant improvements. Islam is not a religion that that re that demands perfection. So Allah never say like you gotta be perfect. You you cannot mess up. You cannot fall. You cannot fail. You cannot make a mistake. Allah never says that. In fact, Allah says if you don't make a mistake, like I'll I'll like banish this whole ummah and create another new ummah just so that you can make a mistake. So just in that as just in that essence, I was like Subhanallah and. What has this dunya taught us? This dunya has taught us that your life has to be perfectly captured in small Instagram grids. But Allah is telling us, no, life is supposed to be messy and life is supposed to be full of complication and hardship and struggles. But that's okay because that's what makes life. So self-betterment to me is like just the idea of every day trying to be the best servant of Allah, the best wife, the best daughter the best friend that i can be and some days I, I i'm not really good at those roles but some days i'm okay and as long as i'm striving to be better day in and day out as 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 you know as as much as i can i think i am on the path of self-betterment you know so yeah it's it's that whole idea of trying to be better in every area that you can is that a word um, and the fact that you stumbled upon it during your first job, maybe it was in the first one, at least during that job, is what made you um, focus on self-betterment in itself and what pushed you to make it the focus of your life, your work and all of that. So I'm wondering basically mm. how you went from that, from working in a fashion business to building a community around faith and working on that through all the media that you're using right now, let it be your blog, your AA community, the podcast, um, YouTube, etc. So. 
What a what a great question. It's actually a great question because I've never really sat down and kind of like try to connect the dots that far back. But I realized that now looking back, like Allah, He's Alatif, He's so like beautiful in how He plans our lives. And for me, since very early on, I've always been more inclined towards art and towards creativity and towards media. I'm never so much a maths and a science person. Um, so therefore, I've always enjoyed literature. I've always enjoyed art and social studies and history and sociology. Like I've always been drawn to it, you know, subhanAllah. I've, I just realized that now. So following that trajectory, I, I, I went to an art school and subhanAllah, okay, again, context, in Singapore, I think maybe even the same everywhere in the world. Like the science and the maths field and the engineering field is always equates to stability or financial progress or whatever. Um, and success, yeah. But arts are like, uh, it's like a, an extra thing where you can do if you're like stable enough. But alhamdulillah, during my time, and just context, I'm 33 years old. So uni was like 12 years ago. And this is like a decade ago. Um, when I went to uni in Singapore, um, the art school that I went was the first art school ever in Singapore that the government recognizes as a legit university. So I was the second batch that ever graduated from that university. And... Um, so following that, like with the background that I had, I didn't know how this was going to apply to my adult life or to my career, but Allah has his plans, right? And, and now I realize like all those skills that I learned back in art school serves me so well in my business right now because we don't hire any graphic designer, we don't hire any editors, we don't hire anything to do, anyone else to do the creative, like everything is done in-house and by me. So alhamdulillah for that. Um, but going back to the question of like how did self-betterment and media and everything correlates is I guess when I was on the path of trying to get to know who I am and get to know who my Rob is and get to know my religion I realized that I wasn't alone that there were other girls who are just as confused just as curious and just as interested as me. And when Allah placed them in my life, I realized that, oh my God, this path that I'm on, this path of the deen, it's so much more comforting and reassuring and interesting when I do it with other girls beside me. So that was when the idea sparked, like, why do you have to do it alone when you can build a community who are all striving on this path together and do it together? And so I wanted to do that, but how? Like, I'm not an ustazah, I'm not like, I'm not a scholar, but I have skills of the media and I have skills of art. So let me use that skill to serve this bigger purpose that I'm trying to do. And that's just how that marriage happened. So growing that community via using media. And this, you got to again understand that eight nine years ago social media wasn't a thing so it's not like it's not like now where everybody uses media and instagram back then it was like what do we use i don't even remember 
Tumblr. <laughs> it was so long ago. <laughs> yeah, you know, so using the skill that I had and I have, um, I tried to like do this thing that I wanted to do. And Alhamdulillah. Um, related to social media, I wanted to ask you, Aida, did you use Skyblog or Skyrock? <laughs> Were you at that? I used Live Journal. You had a journal? Have you guys heard of Live Journal? Oh, okay. Yeah, I had Live Journal. Yeah. Okay. I don't think Sky Rocket ever made it to Singapore. I, I don't think so. <laughs> we don't have it. But that was the social media we had. Yeah. 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 Morocco. Yeah. But it was yeah, okay. Exactly. Like, it was okay, but you had to do a lot of efforts <laughs> so that it'll be static. You gotta, you gotta quote yourself. Nice. True. Uh, and now it's just full of embarrassing pictures of my junior high school days. <laughs> Keep it from memories. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm keeping it. I'm not just giving you the link, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good call. Do not give me and your future employees, I mean future employers and future parents-in-law. <laughs> um... So, um, as you were as you were talking, Aida, about social media and the possibilities that it gives us, and how you try to use what you already knew, which is media and design and creative work, and try to um, try to channel it towards this big purpose, a bigger purpose that you called, which is connecting with God. So. Um, it's kind of unprecedented, okay, to just build a virtual community of ladies around faith. So the idea you told us, like you got it from uh, feeling frustrated and just meeting other people who also had the same, uh, had the same, how I say, not an issue, but a concern of how to connect with God. Um, so I just wanted to know more about it. Was there anything else to it? More than just connecting with others who had the similar yearning for the connection. Like you mean, what other things triggered that that building of community? Mm -hmm. Actually, come to think about it, like I, it's not like I I woke up one day and I'm like I'm gonna build this community. Not at all. Like I I just I just love to write. Um, you know how girls are. We have a lot of feelings. <laughs> like oh, I I feel this today, and I have all these emotions that I don't know where to channel. Okay, and this is the thing that I really want to say. That if you have all this thing that's building up inside of you and that is an opportunity to find an outlet so that you can creatively like share it. It can either be writing, it can be doing a podcast, it can be documenting a video, it could be anything. Even if you're not a creative, no, I, I don't believe that. I believe everyone is creative in their own ways. But I just had all these things inside me that I needed an outlet to share. And I started writing. And obviously, when I started writing, nobody knew who I was. But I just started writing because I love writing. I didn't do it because I want to get audience or I want to get following. No, I genuinely just love to write. And I guess that I guess that resonated with, with some people. And, and slowly, like, it just grew. Yeah, I don't... This is all Allah. Like, I did nothing other than just write. And even the words are, like... Are from Allah like I I, I didn't do anything it, this is just something that Allah planned and I, I I wrote the wave as 
gratefully as I can. Um, but I think like if someone wants to do this kind of thing, n- never make the intention of like wanting to build a massive community or anything. Like the intention should purely just to get to know who you are and get to know Allah because when you do that as sincerely as you can you attract like-minded people like self-betterment in itself yeah exactly it goes back to you because you are the only you can only control yourself you can't control the audience or the feedback yeah so you just do you just do you yeah I totally agree with that. And and I guess at the beginning it wasn't even in, the intention wasn't even to build a business behind it. I guess it was just as you were saying in a way to express yourself and to channel all of those emotions and try to make sense out of them, I guess. And little yeah. by little it builds up and I guess that's the magical that's part about you when you follow your gut. That's that's amazing. But fast forward today, I guess 7 years later, right? Um, here it is it's yet uh, a business and so tell us um, about your um, um, normal work day routine like a typical day in Aida's life I I know you travel a lot though so maybe a typical day in Tangier is not a typical day in London let us know I'll tell you a typical day in Tangier because that's where I'm I'm at right now Um, I wake up I wake up to pray when I love it when it's still dark outside and I I know I have this excitement that yes I still made it for my date with Allah. Um we just got a cat so when I wake up she wakes up and she follows me around as I take my wudu and she loves like sitting on my lap when I read the Quran. Um and I, I always try to have my, my morning my morning routine is very sacred it's my me time nobody gets to disturb to me or talk to me so I pray I read my Quran and I do my zikr and sometimes I will read most of the times I do read um, I try my best to not see my phone some days I fail miserably because we are 7 hours behind Morocco so when I wake up my my team in Singapore is already working so sometimes I might have to like check what's going on in Singapore. <clears throat> um, and then I hang out with my husband. So this is the time where we reconnect and um, we eat breakfast with my in-laws, with mama and baba. And then work starts. So whatever that day is, because every day there's different things, I will work on either a love letter or a video or a lesson or doing work for my AA plus I do four solid hours so uninterrupted airplane mode on I'm just in my studio lock my door sometimes my cat comes in but she's such a huge distraction (laughs) Hmm. Um, but I'm getting better I'm getting better and she and I have um, she's actually right beside me I don't think you can see her she's sleeping Um, yeah we have learned to jive with each other Um, and then come one to two o'clock, Karim cooks lunch. So my husband does the cooking and we eat lunch sometimes. And then I jump on a zikr call. So I do a zikr call at least at least once a day, at most three times a day. So a zikr call is I call some of my friends and they are everywhere, like Singapore, Malaysia, wherever. These are just girls from the AA plus community and we call to do zikr together. 
we'll take turns doing zikir and I love that it's like an hour, an hour call and it's a great break so like the the work and everything so then it's Zohor and then after this it just goes like like because my four hours is my core productivity time after that it gets really hard to be productive so I read or I check my emails because these are like the time where I don't use that much of my brain power <laughs> um, and then I try to edit photographs or do a little bit more that's not intense um, some days I do my classes so I'm also a student I take classes um, so it's either a Tajweed class or a Hadith class or something like that and mm. by then it's already evening so Maghrib and then it's another Zikir call and after the zikr call, Karim's come home. So Karim goes to the studio to work. He has his own, like, we work together, but not together. As in, we run the company together, but I don't want to work with him. Like, so he leaves to his studio. And once he's back, we chill. So we will have dinner and either watch a show on Netflix or Shark Tank. Do you know Shark Tank? It's like a mm -hmm. show on entrepreneurs. It's really interesting. You guys should check it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. S H A R K shark like shark tang. Yeah. They have like 12 seasons now so yeah. Is it Is it with that lady who is red? She wears a lot of red all the time. No. Cannot remember her. I'm a lady wearing red. I don't know. But it's a it's an American show so check it out. Yeah. I think I've seen her on my LinkedIn, I guess. Yeah? Shark something. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Shark Tank. <laughs> but that's it. Mm. Is it like a five five days routine week? Um, trying to picture it or... Mm, I think it's a seven day because when you work for yourself, work never ends. Um, and especially now with COVID and everything, I, I go out even less because... My in-laws live next door and they are elderly, so I don't want to put them at risk. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I've been, I'm a house, I'm a house potato for now. I'm just staying at home. <laughs> yeah. It does wonders sometimes. It does. Yeah, true. Um, so, um, I just wanted to ask you, Aida, uh, figuring out this routine, how long did it take you? to just find the right routine for yourself because um, I don't know about you but uh, if you travel a lot you need a lot of time to adapt so how do you manage those uh, transitions? Oh alhamdulillah like is is the routine that helps me stay grounded because without the routine I'll be like like an octopus like I like I'm, I will I'll be trying to do many things and then when you when you try to do many things you do nothing so for me like I think as you grow older, you kind of understand like your time is very precious and it's very sacred. And it's like the hadith where Rasulullah say like, um, take care of your five before five. And that is your time before you have no time and your health before you're sick. So I'm trying to take care of these five. So now that I'm young-ish and healthy-ish, alhamdulillah, like I'm trying to do as much as I can in terms of like, like battering myself so if an activity does not like you know enrich me in any way then I'll say no and I have said no to a lot of things 
in the beginning it's so weird to say no because I like to say yes but I realize that when you say yes to too many things <coughs> the quality of your effort goes down because you're stretching yourself too thin um, so you have to be very protective of what you say yes to so I remember we did a video about that mm. about saying no um, and that was one mm. of the videos that struck me the most um, that's something I'm working yeah. on a lot because <laughs> I, I think we were brought up to say yes to everything we want to like, know. to please like saying yes all the time I know and when we say no we, we kind of like um, no because sometimes you just have to say no and not give an excuse like it's your right to say no but you know this is something that my husband always teach me you don't have to give an excuse as to why you say no like stand by your decision and usually it's a female thing. It's women who we feel bad, but men they don't they don't quite care. They're like, no, no means no. And why can't we be like that as well? Why, you know, we, we shouldn't be embarrassed when we say no. Especially when you've considered it like thoroughly and know that you cannot put in the work. So mm-hmm. yeah. that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. And sometimes mm-hmm. I, I was I, I used to think because some people also ask you why when you say no and um, I came to realize that two kind of people that are really sin- sincere, like close people, they're just like asking why is there some problem or something, and in that case, like you just have to reassure them. Or another type that Mm-mm. it's like there's this why that push comes you. in with a lot of uh, pressure, and then I realized, I mean, I was really right about my no. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm protecting myself double way. So yeah, it, it is a long yeah. life journey. Something to learn. Yeah, exactly. You'll get better at it, inshallah. Yeah, the more you do, the more you get better, I hope, inshallah. All right, so tell us about your experience with the women um, in your community. Um, This this, um, series we're doing right now is all about women and femininity, and it happens that you, girl, um, built your your entire community around this, right? Women and sisters. Um, to who we created and tailored the AA project. Tell us about the sisterhood. Um, yeah, okay. and what the energy you bring in. Okay, from Bismillah. Um, so I grew up with three sisters. There's four of us girls. So my whole life, I've never had brothers and couldn't care less about boys. My first ever interaction with a guy is my husband. <laughs> so there's this like. We it's so weird, like oh, there's this male energy presence. Even my dad, who is like the best dad in the world, he never like. I think he fit into us girls because there's just way too many of us. Um, so I've always known that if ever I want to do anything, it will be for women and for ladies only because I am a woman and I I can relate to them and I don't care so much about men i don't know it's just as plain and honest as i can can get um so having said that like it is really being around my sisters and my mom and my girlfriends that i realize my that i realize that i am that i can see my strength because i'm in the company of strong women themselves and i'm blessed to have that but not every woman or every sister have that so i wanted 
to open up a community where any any woman would feel safe um, and to be part of a community where they can belong. Um, and this was especially important when I moved to Morocco because I was extremely lonely here. Um, there wasn't any... I, I didn't have any friends and yes i'm with my husband and he's great but he's not a girlfriend he's not a sister he doesn't get certain things that only a girlfriend gets and that's when like i guess the, the urge or the desire to build a community grew even stronger and because i'm all the way in morocco um it had to be done virtually um so subhanallah and i realized that um actually strangers that you meet on the internet they are a lot less judgmental <laughs> so everybody's like more understanding and caring and supportive um and sooner and 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 eventually like these quote-unquote strangers become your friends and become your sisters and the community just grow I think what I try to do within my community is to understand that everybody is on the path towards trying to find Allah and trying to be closer to Allah, but not everyone is on the same par, if you get what I mean. There are people who just started and there are people who are far along that path. But no matter where you are, you are still equal in my eyes because for me, I can learn from everyone I meet. doesn't matter if you're a scholar or, or if you're a five-year-old child. You have been placed in my life because Allah wants me to learn something from you. So I've always tried to make sure my community is a safe space. Um, and we, we don't judge anyone and we are here to listen to you whenever you need because some... People just want to like rent and share their thoughts and they have no one to do that. So we're here if you ever need a listening ear. Um, yeah, and being and running that community has also taught me that I'm actually in a position of a lot of privilege. So what I think is easy for me to do might not be easy for someone else. So you can't just tell a sister who's like, I don't know, going through a breakup, for example. You can't just tell her, well, move on already. Like some people can move on very quickly. Some people is a lot more fragile. And being around so many different kind of women have taught me that, look, you cannot just copy and paste what works for you versus what what versus someone else because that might not work for that other person. I think it's a confession time yeah. for me. Uh, I'm just going to state like how how I just stumbled uh, on your website. I can't remember what did I type on Google, but I think it just went on Google and I was uh, feeling isolated. I just graduated from architecture school, started a PhD, which is not something that the average architect does. Felt so lonely. I uh, didn't connect with a lot of friends that I had around at that time. And then I just find you and your blog and then there was the Tuesday love letters and I remember crying when I first discovered that I was like that's that's what I'm looking for and I'm just like stalking Aww. you again on the internet like the first time and I was like oh she's in Morocco she lives in Morocco I have to meet that girl and then I was lost like with my PhD submission deadlines and so on and I remember sharing your uh, sharing your blog with everyone I met at that time like my friends 
those who I thought would feel isolated and thinking, hey, check the, her work. Um, I like it. It's the, the right amount of people. <laughs> it's not someone who's patronizing or like, yeah, you know what? This is wrong. This is halal, this is haram. It's just like safe space for us women. And I, I think I sent you a few emails saying, hey, uh, if you need anything, I'd love to help because it just felt so um, something I was looking forward. And I'm, I'm really proud of your work. I don't know how it could be possible that someone can be proud of someone else's work. But here's the thing. I'm really proud of what you do. And I so admire how that you kept your intention aligned. Like and there, There's no difference between the first time I read your love letters or the ones that I read now. Like It's always the intention, this feeling of lightness that you're not patronizing. You're not saying what's wrong and what's right. But you're just a human being sharing her own little experience with others. Um, I will inform. So how do you keep that? How do you keep on track and stay aligned with your intentions? I cry a lot. <laughs> um, I cry a lot. Um, I speak to a lot, a lot. Like a lot of the things that you see again, like I say, it's... Um, because see, this is the thing. I get. I I rarely do these interviews. In fact, I I interview people. I I, I It's really uncomfortable to talk about me, <laughs> and and it's because I feel like it's not me. I I always feel I'm just this. I was available, and Allah used me, and I always keep telling Allah, Ya Allah, just keep using me because you're. I, I do this for you and please let me only do things for you because as soon as things get into my head and I start like obsessing over like oh look at the analytics look at how many views look at how many shares it, it will the intention runs away it's a very sacred thing see this is the thing I realize arrogance is it's like it's a hadith right some say arrogance is like the black thing on a black stone in the middle of the night. You can't see it. And I I fear so much that I will get arrogant about my work. And and therefore I I always tell Allah, Ya Allah, if I if I have a sense of if I have a hint of arrogance in my heart, stop using me. Stop using me. Let me lose all these things that I have because I don't I don't want to not be sincere in what I do. And therefore I I talk to him a lot like ya Allah like you know like correct me guide me because I I am nothing without him I'm, I'm lost everything that I have in this life that you all say you know all these quote-unquote accomplishments it's it's not mine it's really just Allah's and so that's why it feels it feels uncomfortable to to when people say oh thank you so much for doing this it's not me. It's really not me. And I, I really hope like I'll never forget that. So please make dua for me. That that I'll always be be on track. And and, and alhamdulillah, like I think I think I would I would not be able to do it without my husband. Because my husband, he is the moment he sends a little bit of pride, like, oh my god, check it out. Like so many people like sharing my stuff. He will he will bring me back down. Like Say alhamdulillah, say like mashallah, say like remember that you are nothing. He always reminds me this. <laughs> it's his favorite words. Aida, you are nothing. <laughs> and um, alhamdulillah for that because you need someone to ground you so that you don't like float in the air and get lost. Mm. 
Yeah. Mm. Um, I'm having an idea, Salwa. We are probably, we should probably, probably we have to plan uh, an interview with Karim as well, I think. <laughs> he sounds like an interesting person. <laughs> he won't, he won't do it. <laughs> He's so shy. He he's he speaks five words a year. <laughs> well, the more you talk, the more I realize how much we got um, very lucky that you said yes to come here. Actually, because um, how do you know? Yeah, actually, no. But I I told Karim you can like edit this out. But like Karim always says no to things because he's my manager, so he always says no to invitation. Um, but with you guys, I just said I have a really good gut feeling. And um, especially after our first conversation, and I said like these are just two really hardworking girls. Like I really want to support them. I can feel like they're doing good stuff. So Karim is like, okay, if you trust your gut, if you know that this is a good thing, go ahead. Yeah. Thank you, Karim. I'll say thank you for being um, the vessel. As I said, I we talk about this a lot with with Safiya and I told her once I wrote myself a prayer that I say every morning um, upon waking up and the sentence that gives me chills every morning is is exactly that please make me be a vessel of your truth mm-hmm. of whatever that is it is so humbling it is at the same time I feel like you just hit your life perfect purpose when you realize that you are used mm. as just as that so mm. alhamdulillah it, it is a true Beautiful. blessing and we can i mean it's lovely when you can see it in others because you're like yeah it, it, it does exist it is there <laughs> it's not just something i'm making up in my mind alhamdulillah i have so many no. questions it- you know, mm-hmm. my teacher was telling me that Allah Allah doesn't choose someone who is perfect or who has no flaws or anything like that. Allah chooses people who are available. You know, when you free up your heart and you make yourself available, He will use you and He will activate you for, for a greater good, inshallah. So empty yourself of ego, of pride, of desire for anything of the dunya and once... You know, or when you are in the process of emptying yourself, Allah will use you as His vessel, like Salwa say. Yeah. Empty yourself from dunya, and Allah will fill you. Yes. With. <laughs> um, Hopefully, inshallah. This the main theme of all of these discussion is femininity, and we probably here today either for so many reasons. Um, but mostly because your work um, shouts femininity for me somehow. Every, in everything, in the words, in the way you put words together, in the intonation you have when you talk uh, on your videos, or the the pace of your talking, the voice, everything. Alhamdulillah, you know, it just makes me feel comfortable and comfy and safe somehow. Okay. I don't know how. And for me, that is a sign of femininity. We were talking about this yesterday with Fatima as well. Um, how do you consciously bring femininity and cultivate it in your life and therefore in your work? I don't know. <laughs> um, well, that's not something like I consciously think about. Like, um, but I, I, I honestly think the def. I, I think before we answer that, we have to 
we on our own have to define what femi- femininity is to us because what is feminine to me might not be feminine to Selwa or might not be feminine to Safia. And that's completely fine. I think femininity is something that is personal to you. And on some days, it can take different forms. Um, like someone who's feminine could be strong, could be vocal, but also could be soft and could be quietly doing their work. I don't know. It's it's fem- femininity is something that as long as you are true to who you are, it will exude and it will come out. It's going to be very difficult if you're trying to copy someone else's definition of what feminine is to them. Because then that is not femininity, that is fakeness. Because <laughs> you're not you anymore, you know? So... I guess it's me trying to be as real as I am um, and to be true to who I am. And 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 it just comes out. I, I don't know. I don't think there's any formula or you have to wear this certain lipstick or you have to put on this perfume. It is just being true to who you are. Yeah. I feel that completely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, but it also could be uh, that if that's what your heart or tells you i mean if that's how you feel yeah, that yeah. as long as it's you no exactly. exactly um we're about to get to the end of the show but i'll let sophia have the pleasure of asking her favorite question every time please god <laughs> the big question thank you Salah. really humbled every time um thank you so much uh like ladies i was uh just Im- enjoying the talk and t- writing down things i found important and interesting and i think that i mentioned this earlier this is one question that i love it's it it goes like so, what's your purpose on earth and in this life? What is it, Aida? My what do you want to do? My purpose life? is my purpose is to serve Allah through serving ladies. That's my purpose. I just want to serve Allah through serving the the women in my community. It's as simple and as tricky and as complicated and as deep and as colorful as it sounds yeah we end with this and we wish you really good luck on your journey may your intention always stay aligned with the first intention with which you started inshallah and we we like honestly personally i wish that more moroccan women know your your show and your platform that would be great so thank you so much for being with us and for accepting our invitation Thank you. Thank you, Safia and Salwa, for this conversation. I learned so much from your questions. They were really, really thought-provoking. Um, thank you for, like, you know, activating my mind on a Sunday. <laughs> it's beautiful. Thank you so much. May Allah reward you in abundance. I mean. Thanks for listening to our talk. We had a good time recording it for you. Let us know what was your favorite part. If you liked this episode, please share it with your friends. And don't forget to join the birds family on Instagram. Please be upon you all.